<laughs> ready? I'm ready. You're listening to Tall Tales and Tattooing, New Zealand's tattoo podcast. Kia ora, I'm Craig Lee and you're listening to the Tall Tales and Tattooing podcast. Um, I'm back up in Auckland this week um, at Two Hands Tattoo with owner Spider Sinclair. How's it going? I'm going good, thank you. How are you? Back yep. in New Zealand for a few months? Yep, here until uh, the end of summer. Cool, so go going from nice warm weather back to nice warm weather? Trying to. Yeah. <laughs> Skip the winters, that's always uh, the best way. Yeah. Um, I think we'll talk about the travelling in a little bit, because I'm quite keen to talk about how you got started into tattooing. Okay. Um, I know I interviewed you for Skin Deep magazine years ago. Did you? And you said that you uh, got a lot of your gear from Johnny Dollar in Melbourne when you first started. Uh, yeah, that is actually where I got all of my gear uh, initially. Um, I went over there and bought uh, a machine, a power supply, um, two tubes and a clipboard, but nothing else. And I had that stuff for like a year or so, saved up more money and then I uh, wrote him a letter and, uh, you know, using the mail order catalogue thing that he had back then yeah, and uh, bought everything else I needed. Like, Did you have to sweet talk him when you went over to kind of get him to yeah, sell you I stuff? Yeah, I did actually. I actually told a bit of a, a fib <laughs> and told him that I was uh, apprenticing out here. I figured it was a whole different city and he wouldn't fucking know. You know, I just made up the name of a tattoo shop that yeah. didn't exist. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he was all right with it sold me what I needed but yeah I definitely had to go in there and introduce myself and talk to him and explain you know who I was and where I was from and stuff before uh, before he would sell me anything (laughs) and what what, who were you telling back then just friends and kind of like I was yeah just like punk kids basically yeah hardcore kids just kids in the in the music scene yeah yeah and was that quite a big kind of scene in in Auckland what what year would this have been that was the early two, that was 2000 yeah or 2001 maybe yeah yeah that it's was 2001 like it was pop punk was coming so out. it was 99 <laughs> and 2000 that I bought my gear and then um, I think I started doing my first tats probably halfway through 2000 or yeah yeah something like that are you, are you Auckland born and bred <coughs> yep born and bred yeah. so you had a lot of friends in the scene and yeah I knew everyone around really and uh, it was kind of, it was a time when um me and my friends were starting to get very heavily tattooed and I, I think we were kind of one of the first uh, sort of almost first generations of you know of like a lot of people getting tattooed like yeah. there was probably like tw- you know 20 of us that were getting fucking you know sleeped out and stuff which was pretty rare really before that I think yeah and who, who were you getting tattooed by back then like what shops all at sacred oh yeah at that point yeah before but my first tattoos were done um at Dermographics and uh, Merv's shop. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So what was, your, what was your first experience of going into a tattoo shop like? First experience, I was probably only about 10 years old. Um, and because I grew up in Greylin, uh, actually only about three blocks from Merv's shop at that time, yeah. which was on Richmond Road. And I remember when I was, I don't know how old I was, but it was primary school time. And I remember um, always being very afraid of the tattoo shop. Yeah. They, they always had big, you know, I remember going down and there was a big, bad fucking Harley parked outside and, you know, I'd look in and see all the flash on the walls and, you know, it just smelled like fucking, like bad boy shit, you know, like <laughs> cigarettes and fucking, Alcohol. you know, yeah, just the whole, I, 
I doubt Merv was in there drinking or anything, but it just had that kind of fucking tough, scary kind of vibe to it as a little kid, yeah. which I was instantly attracted to. Yeah. Being an outsider. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to just go and look in through the windows and... Yeah, I didn't really know what the fuck I was looking at, really. I just... It was just... Uh, I was just kind of drawn to it, you know? Mm. I've got pretty vivid memories as a little kid seeing that tattoo shop. But I didn't really think about tattoos again at all until I was, you know, in high school and uh, one of my friends got one and that's when I sort of thought, fuck, maybe maybe I'll get a tat. Yeah. And what was your first one? It was this one here. It's the Crass symbol, the punk band. Cool. With uh, some cool 5-5 pattern and a Celtic pattern to you know in an armband rep- represent my mum and my dad in an armband yeah course, I got a like 2000 armband as well yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and I got this one in about 90, 96 I think it was so yeah probably the height of the armband you know yeah yeah at least it's not a tribal armband <laughs> no well I kind of wish it was <laughs> that's come back now <laughs> I'm trying yeah I mean I do a little bit of that kind of stuff yeah I, see, I just actually just finished the um, tribal tramp stamp with the skull Nice. But you're putting different things with it now. It's it's kind of still tribal, but it's evolved a little bit, I think, with what you're doing. It's not just like spiky tribal. It's got things with it that make it a bit more interesting and appealing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's cool to put like a skull with tribal or like a a rose with tribal so you can kind of uh, juxtapose like the fine lines and the shading with something like solid and graphic. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks up a little bit. Yeah. Um, So how long was it before you were like, right, I could probably do this as a job um from this from the point that I first started getting tattooed um I guess I got my first one when I was 18 and then uh it was probably when I was about 20 that I I realised that it would be a good career choice for me yeah yeah just something you enjoy and you're like man yeah it didn't really occur to me at first that it was something that I could actually do um but I uh I bumped into uh, Rose Hardy one time. Uh, I hadn't seen her for a while because I'd been living in Melbourne, and she was doing a tattoo apprenticeship, and that's when I, the the concept of a tattoo apprenticeship was first oh, put into so my head. Did you know her before? Obviously. Yeah, I did from the punk days. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, she was like, "No, I'm doing a tattoo apprenticeship," and I was like, "What the? What is that?" And she was like, "That's where I'm like learning to be a tattoo artist." Chris Bezacon was teaching her out in uh, East uh, East Side Tattoo. And that's when the, that planted the seed for me. I was like, shit, that's no shit. You can actually learn to be a tattoo artist. So then I just stupidly, you know, as a lot of kids do, uh, started walking in, you know, I just walked into, derm- into Dermographics, which is where I was getting tattooed at the time. Went up to my tattoo artist, this dude Aaron. I was like, dude, I've decided I want to be a tattoo artist, so can I have an apprenticeship? <laughs> Probably not quite that badly, you know, but pretty much, you know, I just had no fucking idea. He just like, everyone just stared at me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but I was like pretty determined at that point. Um, started telling people I wanted to be a tattoo artist, and then this one friend of mine got me a book, um, Mike McCabe's um, uh, New Oral History of New York City Tattooing, I think it's called something like that. And it's all these stories of uh, tattooing in New York before it became illegal in the '60s. And I just got upset. I had all these old flash sheets in it um and that's when I first came across traditional tattooing and that that was what that one book is what made me super determined to try and become a tattooer because I just I fell in love with the with the traditional style and the whole kind of I don't know kind of like 
you know the like the kind of lifestyle involved in tattooing especially in those days Mm. did you get an apprenticeship in the end yeah so I already so I went in after all that happened is when I went and got that tattoo equipment from um, from John Johnny Dollar and then uh, I scratched for about a year um, until I kind of got in trouble for scratching okay for who who did you get in trouble so this one idiot punk kid that I was tattooing <clears throat> he walked into a, a local tattoo shop and just fucking blabbed, basically. <laughs> you know, ran his mouth off, said who I was and approximately where I was located, which was way too close to this tattoo shop. And uh, before long, I had uh, someone out looking for me. Okay. So I had to fucking go on, you know, keep my head down for a minute. <coughs> but because of, because of that... Um, Rose Heidi heard about that and reached out, and that's when she uh, was like, you know, come in, come into the shop and do it properly. Do this properly, mm. we'll teach you how to how to do it properly. Cool. Yeah. Uh, where was she working then? Was she that where was she was at Lesser? No, she was at uh, Streetwise Tattoo. Okay, cool. Newmarket. Um, oh, Newmarket. Yeah. Okay. And ha- and um, what what kind of what was your like, did you do like a t- real traditional apprenticeship of like scrubbing um, floors and chairs? Yeah, yeah, to- yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, <coughs> yeah, a lot of cleaning, a lot of needle, a lot of needle making. I bought um, Huck Spalding's A to Z off oh, of Johnny Dollar. Like every time. So, so that yeah, I mean that's basically how I learned initially. Um, so I was already obviously making needles and all the rest of it, magnums even, and uh, but you know rose to refined those skills and she also more than anything taught me how to be a uh, walk-in tattooer yeah you know because that's she was trained very well by Chris on all that kind of stuff and all the technical side of like you know fucking you know how to how to shade an outline of a nautical star or a uh, you know yin yang or you know uh, you know making one one uh, one hole bigger than the other on the yin yang because once you fill it in black that hole's going to look smaller yeah little things like that um, which I would have only have learned through trial and error if I continued to scratch she because uh, because I was only initially interested in traditional tattooing she taught me how to use like finer needles yeah and how to do script and how to um, you know do uh, black and grey shading how to make grey wash all those really important things well things that were really important then yeah back before we were all specialists you know and important to where you are now because you've kind of gone well, away from the, the funny truck thing, thing. <laughs> yeah because i hated all that stuff i hated fine line tattooing i hated black and gray i was like nah i just want to use a fucking you know seven round which when we used to make them back then they were more like a 18 or a 14 or something now it was like a big bold line <clears throat> and uh, you know I just wanted to use a 7 round and 7 mag for everything you know solid black and like 3 colours was my idea of a, of a cool tattoo and I didn't really appreciate at the time uh, you know learning those other skills and then you know fast forward like you know what are we on like 18 years later now I'm you know right back at that point where now I just do single needle tattooing black yeah. and grey don't touch colors don't touch bigger needles yeah because <laughs> yeah, i think the first time i came through two hands you were yeah you know the shop was known for traditional wasn't it you mm-hmm. were doing it i'm just trying to think who was there back then 
So at that point, it was uh, it was me, Solomon, uh, you know, Josh Solomon, yeah. uh, Victor Webster, and uh, Kapili Tupo, and Karen, of course, Karen Sipes as well. Yeah, so and I, I could, when I, yeah, is that when you first when you first opened? You mean? No, when I first opened, it was actually just me by myself. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was trying to think that like, wasn't here though. That was up on Simon Street. Yeah, I was just thinking like when I came to, I'm, I'm pretty sure Kapili was at Sacred at that point. Because he came in oh, okay. to say hi to me. Yeah. And um, who was the other? Was it who's the other dude that's now like a, a yoga dude that does all the breathing exercise? Oh fuck, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, Lucas he was Matt. here. Yeah, yeah he was working was in here with, yeah. with Josh. <coughs> okay, so that's when you came through. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that was after we'd been here in Ponsonby for probably a good couple of years at that point. Yeah, it would have been yeah. like two thousand eleven. Oh, there it is. Josh did a little tattoo for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, 2011. Yeah, because I think we moved here about 2009. Yeah. So, let's jump in forward a little bit. Let's go back to to when you were apprenticing with Rose. How long did you kind of stay there before you were like, right, let's do my thing? God, I don't know. It was like probably like less than two years, I'd say. Yeah. Um, so, what happened is Rose got poached by the brand new Illicit. Right. So, she moved over there. And then I was just out on the street because the only reason I was in that shop was because she had me under her wing, um, and the owners didn't really, you know, have a have a spot for me. They needed someone with uh, with experience. Yeah. So I was kind of back at square one at that point, and I went back, you know, going around all the shops and stuff. And then Dean at Sacred recommended uh, that I uh, try out eight hundred one in Hamilton, which is where him and Dan had been prior to Sacred, and actually where Adam Craft was once upon a time as well. Uh, so Dean rang uh, Shane eight hundred one, who owns that, will owned that shop at that point, and hooked me up in an interview, um, and I went down there, and you know Dean was like, you know, Dean was like, you know Hamilton would be a great option for you, eight hundred one would be a great option because I've got a shit ton of walk-ins, so I can learn all that stuff and um, massive hardcore scene, yeah, as well. So the idea was that I'd be able to uh, hone my skills on the on all the walk-ins that they had down there, and uh, you know, make some mistakes and not worry about it too much. Because it was in <laughs> Hamilton anyway. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, I knew a lot of kids in the hardcore scene down there, so I was able to sort of um, do a little bit of the type of work I wanted to be doing as well, the more traditional stuff. Hmm. Hamilton, eh? I, I was I didn't know that. <coughs> I did the podcast with Dean and Dan, and they were talking about that, and I was like, I didn't realize that was the case. Well, it's funny. Like I the, it all started the, with Alyssa. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like the three, three of the, uh, well, really, like the, probably the three more established sort of shops of our of that generation in Auckland. We all came out of uh, Studio Eight Hundred One. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. It would be, eh? Because like, yeah, Adam's obviously the tight heart. Sacred yep. and then two hands that was like the three shops when I first came to New Zealand yeah, yeah, and sure. I was like they're the three I need to yeah, work in one of those shops we all fucking you know learnt, learnt our trade to some extent down there in Hamilton I mean Dean and Adam were already tattooing before that stage but you know I think early in their careers they were down there it's crazy isn't it funny little town like Hamilton and it, so many great artists have come out of there <laughs> yeah yeah it's a funny one so um did you like Hamilton? Did you like being there? Or you just loved tying so much? Really, really like I was stoked. Yeah, I was stoked that, um, you know, I was stoked that I was busy with, I was stoked that I was just doing, you know, at first, <coughs> at first I was really stoked. Um, so Shane back then, he owned like three shops. 
so I put me he had one in Naruawahia one in uh, um, Te Awamutu and one in, in Main Street Hamilton um, so I was going between the three shops initially um, so I had to do all kinds of stuff I was doing a lot of tāmoko when I was oh, really? in uh, Naruawahia um, and then I was doing a lot of like just you know random walking stuff in, uh, in uh, Te Awamutu and then Hamilton is where I usually got to do the more interesting stuff on like the the scene kids down yeah. there. Yeah. Cool. And uh, how long did you really there down there for before you had enough? Um, man, I you know he fucking worked me to the bone down there. It was such a good experience, but I mean I was doing up to eight tats a day, you know, um, and it was hard work and it was a proper walking shop, you know. So it was like you know like I wouldn't even talk to the client until they'd sit sat down they'd come through they'd choose from the walls or the books out the front yeah the receptionist would would make the stencil and then they'd walk in with the stencil grab a seat give me the stencil and it'd be like so no like consultation process just like here you go no that was all sorted out while I was tattooing someone else it was like an assembly line it was so busy and uh, they'd walk in and grab a seat I'd be like alright how's it going where's this you know where are we putting this alright slap it on outline it shade it and then the next one would come through you know I'd quickly break down and set up so it was hard work good money I mean I went from like I was working in bars and washing dishes and stuff before that so I went from earning like next to nothing to suddenly earning really good money even though it was like a 50-50 cut of yeah. course in those days but, but doing something you really like doing something I really liked doing exactly yeah. but it was also the protagonist to me um, wanting to set up two hands because <clears throat> I was earning great money but um <coughs> it started to feel like a job job yeah do you know what I mean rather than a passion because as I said I was doing so much work um and it wasn't uh you know and I, I, I wanted the initial reason I wanted to open two hands was so that I could slow down and uh do more sort of custom work and maybe just do one tattoo a day sort of thing but stuff um, you really wanted to do that's something I really wanted to do and yeah. concentrate on like bigger work and stuff like that and try to um <coughs> try to um, you know grow as an artist yeah which ironically was actually you know opening a business I found out in the long term does not help you grow as an artist because yeah you end up, yeah <laughs> dude, you know all about it man I ended up diverting so much of my creative energy into um, trying to run a business and trying to pay the fucking bills yeah and it was hard work at first too man like it was really hard even just finding a, um, a landlord that would rent to a tattoo shop. You know. So, so how, 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 how long have you been tattooing by this point? Like five years? Oh, or only like, like, yeah, four or five years, yeah. Yeah, I was really young too, yeah. Hadn't been doing it long. Um, and did you I have just, like an idea of how you wanted two hands to be and kind of feel as a space? Yeah, I did, but not in comparison to what I understand would make a good tattoo shop now yeah I, t I painted the inside of the original shop like a dark red color you know <laughs> like a really dark red it was yeah. fucking dark inside you know you couldn't see what the fuck you were doing um but uh so did you like you were just saying you're finding it hard with landlords um mm. is that why you ended up on simon street just because that was a space that they were like yeah. yeah yeah that's exactly why i ended up there because um you know, I don't know, know if you know, but in, I mean, I don't know. If, you know, in, in Auckland, a lot of the tattoo shops used to be sort of closer to the red light districts and stuff. Like a lot of cities, I guess. Yeah. So there was a, um, a peep show in uh, Simon Street called Tom's Peeps. 
and that closed down and so and there was a sign in the, in the window and I thought oh well that landlord's probably going to be cool with me because yeah. up until that point I tried all these other people I tried like uh, at, you know there was this, uh, the Freedlanders who own like most of Ponsonby Road and K Road and Simon Street too actually and uh, I'd been renting a house off of them for about five years at that point so they knew me so they were the first people I went to and I rang them I was like I want to uh, I'm looking for a uh, you know commercial lease a shop and they were like oh yeah sweet we've got heaps of them um, come check them out I was like cool and they were like what's it for by the way and I was like oh I'm a tattoo artist and the guy just paused for a minute and he goes yeah no I'm sorry we don't uh, rent out to tattoo tattoo artists or brothels <laughs> or he goes we don't do tattooing or prostitution or something like that and just hung up on me wow yeah so I rang him back and I was like mate like I think you've got it all wrong you know we're artists this and that whatever plus I gotta know you're a good tenant if you've been yeah, renting yeah, and paying rent for it yeah so he kind of gave in he was like alright come meet me at this one and we'll talk about it so we did I did and it was perfect it was really fucking it was a great space but he put all these conditions on the lease no signage saying tattooing no tattooing visible from the street it has to be out the back behind closed curtains and the front of the place has to be an art gallery not a not a tattoo shop basically mm. <coughs> and just too many conditions you know so that didn't work out and I had similar reactions from uh, you know all the other places that I called uh, tattoo shop I don't know if that's the right look for us I don't know if we want that sort of those sorts of people hanging around here or what is it like a gang thing or you know <laughs> yeah. or, you know just like bad just bad just prejudice basically uh, but then when I rang the guy who had Tom's Peeps, he was straight away. He was just a fucking good GC, you know. He he was like, yeah, mate, oh, tats, fuck yeah. Like, you know, come come check the place out. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's how we ended up on Simon Street in that place because mm-hmm. it's literally the only, place, only spot we could get. Yeah, and was that a ground floor space? Yep. Yeah, cool. It was a whole building, actually. Yeah. Like was, a standalone? Yeah, like just oh, cool. exactly the same as this, but we had the downstairs and the upstairs so and we had a basement as well which was like a, a fucking dominatrix dungeon from when it was Tom's Peeps <laughs> chain, hooks chains and ceilings yeah all that <laughs> chains all over the walls and yeah upstairs was like you know I guess that had been a brothel so it had like three bedrooms but each bedroom had its own weird little shower in it <laughs> yeah it was pretty funny well it's good if you've got to put sinks in every room the plumbing's already there yeah 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 <laughs> yeah no it was a great building but just a shit location eh just, especially back then it was just fucking out of the way mm. you know there's nothing going on on Simon Street really no walking traffic so. yeah so how did you build it up like you were saying it was just you <coughs> to begin with obviously you're from here so you already yeah had well that's and... the thing I think that's the only reason it worked because, because I was born and bred here and knew everyone here you know everyone in the music scene especially and uh, different uh, you know just fucking just everyone from my age group that grew up in central Auckland pretty much um, had some you know had some kind of connection to me like so uh I think that's probably why it worked um but yeah it was just me um initially and then um and uh who came in first so the first person to join was um Karen Karen Sipes was the very first he literally just walked in off the street (coughs) and said oh I do some tats here's my photos was wondering if I could do a few here sometime. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, why not, you know? Hey, and where did, where did he been working at that point? Because he's like um, one of those artists that, like, he does amazing stuff oh, and he's, he's kind of really under the radar with a lot of people. He is. 
But I think um, he's, he just floats around places, doesn't he? Yeah. Where was he? Uh, I don't know, man. I can't remember now. I can't remember where he was. He was somewhere around. And then after that, I think Sam rules. Because we knew each other from Hamilton. I tattooed her in Hamilton. And then she she did her apprenticeship down there, I think, with Gypsy. Because she's right? from there, isn't she? Um, she's way. from Hamilton. So she was, she was... I'm pretty sure she apprenticed with Gypsy or she was at least at one point at Gypsy's shop and then uh, she decided to make the move to Auckland so she was the second uh, person on board and then uh, yeah we had after that it was uh, Ozzy Garcia from uh, Puerto Rico and then and then like Victor yeah I can't remember the order now but you know Victor Capilli Josh uh, that was like the main sort of uh, nucleus of that's when two, that's when we I started covering rent basically once I had yeah. like a decent crew there. That's when the shop finally started breaking even. So that was after a good couple of years because the rent was fucking expensive. Yeah. Because I jumped straight into it because I'd been turned away so many times before. You know, so when when someone was finally like, "Yep, you can have this place. I don't care that it's a tattoo shop," I ended up signing a lease that was fucking expensive. Yeah. Excuse me. Wanted to get in somewhere. Yeah. Plus, it was the whole building. You know. Yeah. So. I had to pay for, you know, I had like four car parks and all this shit that, Fucking hell. you know, made it expensive. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, that was the, sort of the original crew before we moved here to Pons- to Ponsonby. Yeah. Where did uh, the name come from? So it actually comes from um, a, this Johnny Cash song. Oh. Yeah, it's. I think it's. I don't know if it's a song that he wrote or not, but it's a song that he. Um, I had it on a record. He played it live, and it was about an old dude. Uh, you know, classical country song. This, this old dude on his deathbed, surrounded by his loved ones, and uh, and you know he's he asks someone to lift his head up one last time before he dies, so he can look at his own two hands because everything he did in that life, both good and bad, was with those two hands. Cool. And I just it kind of resonated with me because you know. I've always seen tattoo. One of the things that I uh, that drew me towards tattooing was the fact that you're sort of, you know, doing this ancient craft like with your hands, and especially in those days, yeah. it didn't involve any technology. Yeah, you're it making was, your own living with your own hands. Yeah, it's it wasn't so much. You know, it was like, you know, the machines hadn't been changed since the original. You know, coil machines were exactly the fucking same, and there was that was just you know that was just before the internet and iPads and everything. So I just felt like uh, that's what drew me towards the trade. I reckon. Yeah. Cool. It just seemed like a good, honest fucking form of work. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of the earth kind of people. Yeah. Just doing like, yeah, just doing honest work. Yeah. Anyway, that's why, yeah, Two Hands was named after that song. Right. I didn't know. You're actually the first person I've asked that in any podcast. Pro- probably <laughs> no one just works here even knows that, honestly. Oh, they anyone. do now. Yeah. The original <laughs> guys might do, but I don't know if, if I've mentioned it that. And I like to even think about it for a minute. Minute, I was like, "Fuck, where did I get that from?" <laughs> yeah. So Josh was kind of the, the apprentice, wasn't he? Yep. When yeah. Yeah. So Josh was at Cheapskates, the skate shop across the road there, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd known Josh through uh, the punk scene and stuff for years, and you know, he was always drawing Flash and always, you know, coming and getting tattooed and stuff, and he's just such a good dude, you know. It was that, it was Capilli who had the original idea. He was like, "Hey, why don't we uh, get an apprentice?" And I was like, "Yeah, who should we get?" And he was like, "Let's get Josh from across the road there." he's been painting flash I was like yeah true so I checked out some some of his latest stuff and I think I called him I think I rang him and said 
you know, hey Josh, come over here when you finish work or come over on your lunch break. He came over all sheepish, <laughs> scared, you know, he wasn't sure what was about to happen. I was like, I was like, you know, that apprenticeship, apprenticeship you want, you got it. Good cool. start next week. And he's still here. Still here. Still, later, still here. Which yep, is amazing. Because that doesn't happen very often. You don't really get apprentices. It pretty much shops. never happens, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's done a bit of traveling around and yep. here, there and everywhere. Yep. But um, he's one of those artists that he's almost like a true artist in mm-hmm. in how he is. It's, it's yeah. hard to ex- like uh, yeah, it's hard to explain what I'm thinking in my head. But like he's very much like just I don't know. He's just fully immersed in, in art. Yeah, he's got of, it. He needs to produce art to just get it out because it's in him, you know. Yeah. He's one of those kind of guys. And like you know, just like paint heaps flash, and you'll see him at the convention, and it's like, whoa! Like, when yeah. did you, when did you do all this? Like, yeah. a completely new thing. He's just come up with staying up all night just painting flash. Yeah. yeah, and just like the art shows he does, and the crazy things he come comes up yeah. with to go in the art shows, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, like he's one of those few people. That yeah, he's like, an ideas guy. Like a lot of the stuff that we've always done at Two Hands, it's even like like tattoo time, for example. That was his idea initially. You know, yeah. like a lot of. A lot of the things he's he's always got ideas, you know. Always got good ideas. Yeah, it's good to be surrounded with people like that. Yeah, you know? it's fucking essential, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, when did you move to Ponsonby Road? How long, <coughs> how long were you over on Sunday? I think it was about '09, I think. Hey. Yeah. Because I think we opened uh, two hands, uh, two hands in '05, and I think it was four or five years that we were at the initial place. So it must have been '09 or, or 2010, maybe. Have you been over 15 years now? Um, it'll be 15 years in December this year. Fuck, man. Yep. I remember texting you when you when you had the 10th anniversary. And I was like, hey, oh, yeah. congratulations on 10 years. Man, that's massive. Yeah, shit, that was five already, years later. Five years ago, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Time flies. Yep. Um, so what, what, what was, why did, what, why did you move? Just didn't like the location or the lease had run out? Uh, well, the lease came up. Um, we could have re-signed it, but um, <coughs> I think I just uh, realized that... Um, you know, I was paying for a lot of shit that we didn't need over there because I wasn't even living upstairs anymore. I'd moved out finally because right. living upstairs from the shop is, you know, it's not, it's personally, I like to be able to commute to work and, you know, go get breakfast and do things and get my head together on my way to work. If you're just walking downstairs to work, it's, um, seems cool because it's like, oh, I've got all my drawing stuff down there all the time and shit. But yeah. After a while, it's like you need some separation. I reckon or I did anyway. Yeah, I think it's good to be able to leave away, leave yeah. it behind. Yeah, like even totally, yeah. I used to live like a block from the shop on Cuba Street in Wellington, and even that, like you know, some weeks you're walking like a block, three blocks maybe of the yeah. same city, and it's just like, oh. and then once we moved out, it's just nice. It's just nice to get away and just be like, okay, like yeah. a different environment, reset your brain, you know, so you so you're ready for your next day mm. of timing. Yeah. So you learn a lot from the first space, and obviously, this this new space doesn't well not new anymore. But this new space you moved into, no red walls. <laughs> nah, no red walls, all white. Um, so you yeah, you obviously learned a lot and had a, a vision of what you wanted to do here. Yeah. What 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 was that? What did you what were you like? Right, this is what we need to um, do. Because I I think this shop when I first came here, like we were saying earlier, it was probably two years since when you opened. It was quite different to shops that I've been in. It was very like open and light and airy yeah. and you know it's, it just had a different feel to it yeah it's like it's uh you know i think most shops are probably like that these days but um yeah. at that point in time we, uh, yeah i wanted to try and create um a shop that uh you know felt more welcoming yeah to uh to like a broader range of people um i was 
<coughs> I guess I was trying to um, appeal to yeah, like a more uh, just yeah, a more broader range of people in comparison to uh, the sort of smaller um, subculture or demographic that I you know traditionally been tattooing, which was more sort of people on the fringes of society a little bit, I guess you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to do that basically by moving to Ponsonby and making the shop nice and white, and we always had fresh flowers out in the in the in the waiting room, and you know the way we decorated and, and stuff. Like, it's funny. It's yeah. At the time, it was uh, an aesthetic that appealed to me. It doesn't anymore at all. You know, I'd like yeah. now. Now, I'm like, well, you felt a bit of like a revamp. From yeah. Like when I, first I mean, came. no, I still love two hands, but if I was gonna, well, that's actually that's why I opened Flash City next door because I was like, fuck this, like new trendy like tattoo shit. I want to do more a red like why pretend like it's not a tattoo shop when it is a tattoo shop yeah. it's kind of the headspace I got into after a while and that's why I opened uh, Flash City next door but partly because we needed the spa- extra space because we'd outgrown this space Yeah. Um, but when I got that space next door I was like man maybe I'll do like a, a, a real tattoo shop there and have Flash all over the walls you know that was which is what it is you got like exactly literally yeah, is, yeah. ceiling to floor flash mm. every wall crammed in yeah which is cool so originally you were going to do that as a pop up <clears throat> for a short time right yeah I just only signed like a one year lease initially um, just wanted to do like a I just thought it would be fun to do like a, a walk in flash shop just for a year and but it ended up going really really fucking well um, yeah. plus we really needed the space and it's uh, you know so we ended up signing another year and then another year yeah, I so I think, I think we're about five or six years in now. Yeah, so you're, the the two shops are like right next door to each other, and they're basically like the mirror image of each shop the way it's yep. laid out. Um, and they're supposed to be like the opposite of each other. So this is supposed to be like the custom shop where it's all welcoming and clean and white and like modern, right? And uh, minimal, I guess. And then next door is like cluttered and traditional flash shop, and you know, just you know, it has signs that say you know no cry babies no crying babies it's not it's not supposed to be like you know it's supposed to be almost like the fucking evil twin of the shop or something you know, like the opposite <laughs> of the shop the yin and the yang the yin and the yang yeah so who was um, here by the point you by you when you opened Flash City um <clears throat> would have been um I guess Karen Victor Josh right and then probably Lucas, I think Graham Allen, Rachie T, um, Rachie T, yeah, maybe, maybe that, maybe one or two others, maybe yeah. actually Steve, uh, I can, uh, Steve was here as well, Steve, Steve um, Bilton, still, Steve, Steve Bil- Bilton, yeah, um, yeah, maybe it was, that was it yeah because he was here like, like like as a resident for a little while wasn't he he was the first resident at Flash City actually he was the very first resident at Flash City yeah cool yeah and he could, ran that place for about one or two years I think yeah and what was his because he, he's Canadian originally or mm-hmm. was rest in peace Steve yeah um, yeah what was his kind of why did he move over here um, was it for a girl? It's usually for girls. Shit, I can't remember, man. Probably <laughs> no Steve. Yeah, probably it would have been. Um, <coughs> I think he was just traveling, eh? And then he uh, just liked it. Liked it, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So we do, like obviously when you, you you do something like two hands, it becomes successful. You get heaps of people 
emailing you, messaging you, calling yeah. you, popping in for jobs. Yeah. Was there a point where you, like it was getting like that when you were just like, fuck, I need more space? Yeah, me. like what? Yeah. Because well, we like um, cool artists were coming in and you happened to turn them well, away. Well, we were so we were getting a lot of guest artists at that point. I think probably was a big protagonist for it because uh, initially we didn't. You know, do you know you were our first ever guest artist ever? Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, you were the very first guest artist we ever had. So that wasn't until 2011, as your tattoo says. Yeah. Before that, we never did it. That was another one of Josh's ideas, actually. Ah. Yeah. Because that was... Because didn't you get the guest spot through Josh? Yeah, I can't... No, it was Ozzy. So I know oh, Ozzy, was it Ozzy in New York, who yeah, yeah. I got this from. Oh, um, no shit, I didn't realise you know. So where I apprenticed, he would work with those guys and do those guys. And I got tattooed by him in London. And when we went to New York, I got tattooed by him as well. Ah, no shit. And then I knew he, that he'd been to, to New Zealand. So I was yeah, like, yeah. where should I go in New Zealand? Yeah, and he was and like, like oh, I want to make Sam. And the guys at Two Hands, they hit yeah. them up. Um, yeah, because I came over, did a year in Australia, and then came over, and there was that um, convention in Auckland that year as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And so came for that. Yeah. Now, you were officially Two Hands Tattoos first ever Cool. I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's pretty but, cool. You know, after that, we were like, shit, that was cool having a guest artist. We should do this more often. Uh, and then uh, we did. And then we had a lot of them coming through. And I guess we needed uh, needed extra space. <coughs> Which is, uh, yeah, I guess that's part of the reason why we got next door. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Josh was um, very instrumental in getting me work on that trip. Yeah. Like, he put things... Cause I, posting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I had Instagram at the time, just Facebook and, f- and like, when you... Like, I don't back know if then, we did either. It might have been pre-Instagram, was it? It might have been, because I didn't get it till I moved to Wellington in 2012. Yeah. And I settled down, I was like, right, okay. I need to do this. But, like, Facebook wasn't as good as at all as Instagram is when you're travelling, because obviously oh, totally. only your friends see what you're posting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, Josh was posting stuff and, like, little funny stories, like, oh, I heard... Craigie tattooed the Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, things was, like that. Yeah, we were actually spreading that room around. Every time a client would be coming, come, would come in, we'd be like, "Hey, you know, Craigie Lee's coming through. Who's that? Ice. Oh, he tattooed the Queen." <laughs> <laughs> that was Queen funny though, but it works because, like, yeah, I had some bookings. Okay, so it was awesome because, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, at that point it was like my first trip to New Zealand and yeah, yeah didn't know anybody here, so it's right. cool. Yeah, cool. And um, yeah, that show was really cool as well. Like, it was just different to other shows that I'd worked around the world. You know? Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, it just felt very welcoming, New Zealand. Um, so one of the things that I think I was most impressed with the first time I came to the shop was just how strong kind of the branding was and the fact yeah. that you had actually thought of the shop as a business. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of tattoo shops I worked at before was just like, yeah, we're a tattoo shop, we do tattoos. They hadn't really thought about advertising or yep. how I guess it was before social media so people probably don't understand it as much no, but like it was just right before it yeah it? just thinking as the as, you, as two hands as a brand and how it was like perceived by people yeah um, yeah what, so like, I, I was hanging out with a lot of people in uh, in like the fashion industry at that point um, and I just copied what they did oh, right, you know? cool. so they uh, would do a photo shoot uh, you know they'd have like a concept for a photo shoot and try to get like a certain vibe or certain feeling um, out there and they would uh, put those um, uh, you know those photo, those advertorials I guess you call them in uh, magazines and on posters on the street yeah and in those days it was a shit ton cheaper to get posters up on the street um, there was more than just uh, 
the one company out there doing it um and uh, actually and you know like the thing is is that everyone that was working for those companies back then putting the posters up they were all um, kids that were in bands so i knew everyone that was putting the posters up so i was able to get <clears throat> really good uh, deals on getting all those posters up there on the street plus they'd always throw in a bunch of extra ones and they'd always you know hook me up you know it was only supposed to be up for a week but they'd keep them up for like a month or two sometimes um and that uh that really helped to uh do what i was saying before was trying to attract like a more um a, di a different uh demographic to what um i had traditionally been tattooing yeah yeah and it's cool because that's evolved too because I think those first ones was like they're almost like they were always quite white and it had like the joined up kind of two hands right hand yep and there was one that was like like a sun it was quite bleached out and it was like Claire yeah. and Barbara Dan yeah and like Hawaiian shirts yeah and well, one was a sailor with like tattoos on his yeah I tried to like a lot of people were pretty uh, well not a lot of people but some people were sort of a little bit critical of it at the time because that was sort of like oh that's just you know fat you know like too fat you know it's too fashiony or too this or too that and uh you know why don't you know so you know one one friend was like why don't you just put a close-up photo of a really good tattoo i'm like that's you know that's not what it really what i'm trying to do here i'm trying to um i'm trying to put a feeling out there about the shop because you can put a tattoo up and it's like very um polarizing yeah. you know you can put a traditional tattoo and a lot of people don't like to, you know. Yeah. Put it. I think uh, I think uh, you you managed to hit the nail on that. Yeah. So it wasn't about I think the specific the way, tattoo style. It was about the feel of the shop. The feel of the shop. Yeah. Yeah. I think you managed to do that really well because yeah, like when you look at that posters and you, you come into the shop, it's like oh, it feels like the posters look. Yeah. That's very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just uh, trying to ex trying to express my kind of uh, aesthetic at that point in time. I think. Yeah. Is what I was trying to do. And obviously with the new Plymouth convention, uh, obviously saying like the snowball effect of guests coming through the shop. Yeah. And with that convention, you know, soon after that, I think it was the year after that, the second one, 2012 or right. 10, 10 yeah, was the yeah. first one maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously that brings heaps of guests to the country mm -hmm. and also to Auckland every year because everyone flies into Auckland because it's like the main yeah. airport, the main hub. Yeah. Um, which is, so that was why kind of tattoo time started, right, originally? That's exactly what happened, man, because we had, uh, you know, everyone from, like, Idle Hand and everyone from, um, you know, a bunch of guys come through from uh, East River Tattoo, and I think we had Liam Sparks and Guy and, like, all these people come through this one year. They were all doing the convention and all wanted to guest at Two Hands before and after the convention as well, and we were just struggling to find the room for everyone. <coughs> so that's when Josh, I, you know, I think we were all talking about it, and I was like, Josh was like, you know, why don't we just like rent another space somewhere else and everyone can just tap there. And I was like, but where? And he was like, I don't know why he said it, but he was just like MOTAT, which is the Museum of Transport and Technology. And uh, we just thought it was, it was funny because it's like MOTAT, like, mo, like more tats. Tats MOTAT. Yeah, MOTATs. <laughs> yeah, so we were like, yeah, we can call it like MOTATs. Uh, just as a joke. And then uh, we, you know, emailed them, honestly, purely as a joke, really. We were like, hey, we want to tattoo it at the museum and call it, uh, Motats and they were fucking psyched on it and they were like you can just have it for free and we'll do all the advertising for you and everything and also like oh shit okay I guess we're gonna do this that's how tattoo time started so we did one or two of them out there at uh, Motat and then we um, wanted to bring it closer to the shop back to Ponsonby so we moved it up there to uh, um, 
Studio One. Yeah. So how, how far out is Motat from the city? Oh, it's not too far. It's just down in Western Springs. So it's probably... Um, but it's kind of just out in the middle. Of, just the pain no, yeah, to get to. Yeah, yeah. Plus you actually had to pay... All the clients had to um, pay the Motat entry. Oh, so like the museum entry. Place, right, exactly, which was about 20 bucks, I think. Um, where we do it now, we're able to... Um, anyone can come in for free. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's almost like a mini convention, <coughs> isn't it, essentially? It's like so many artists it is it's like world. a it's not a it's not a as big it's not big enough to call it a convention maybe but it's uh it's definitely definitely a little tattoo party for sure yeah yeah and it's fifth year this year fourth year something like that yeah 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 and you've had some pretty cool eyes come through yep who's been your favorites over the past few years oh shit uh you know this i mean honestly probably this last one that we just had um was one of the best um you know, everyone that came through was just, we all just, you know, it's just a really, really good crew. And I think we like, we kind of chose really well uh, this recent time. Everyone was sort of on a really, you know, we had a pretty diverse range of different type of, types of artists, uh, but everyone just got along, like everyone kind of clicked with each other really well yeah. and had a really good time. Yeah. Awesome. And I'd like to always look busy when I see the Instagram stories. It was, yeah. I mean, you know, you get a line around the block and. You know, everyone's like super excited. It's a mad rush when the doors first open because because it is a um, a flash uh, day rather than a convention. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be, you know, it's kind of first in first served. So everyone lines up real early and then they just fucking rush in and it's like a you know it's like you know you know everyone's just trying to fucking get in with someone before uh, all Ooh. the spots get taken yeah. up because you pretty much get booked up in the first like you know 10 minutes mm. you run it for two or three days uh three days yeah but you have different artists each day which is yeah so each artist day. gets to do two days okay um and each artist has one day off where they can like go explore the city or just hang out at the convention and or get tattooed actually is what most people end up doing oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. awesome yeah um or do you see do you see that growing or you kind of like the space there nah, yeah I don't want to it's already bigger than how I originally envisioned it um, I want to keep it small and keep it um, invite only it's mostly what so how it works is it's mostly because you know I, I spend nine months of the year traveling yeah um, and I meet a lot of uh, people who want to come through you know everyone always you know you know I mean everyone wants to come to New Zealand especially from the northern hemisphere you know yeah, it think, seems like this magical far off place yeah and it's got a rich tattoo culture exactly you know? so every exactly. tattoo it's like oh I need to visit New Zealand exactly. at least once you know yeah and so uh, you know the, the people that I really like it might be that I just really like them as people or just really love their work um, you know I'll invite uh, a handful of them and then uh, yeah we uh, all get together and tattoo for three days cool yeah so when um, did the traveling start? Because I said we'll get back to that later. Because you spent a lot yeah. of time overseas, and then you kind of back periodically for little yeah, stints, yeah. and then you're off again, and yeah. you're pretty in demand in the states now. Kind of blown yeah. up over there, eh? Yeah, you know it's because um, you know most artists that have the tra- travel bug, you know they usually, especially these days, and and from my generation too, like they uh, they start traveling when they first start tattooing. Yeah. before they've got uh, responsibilities I guess you know that's kind of what I did <laughs> yeah that's what a lot of you know Ozzy did that and you know a lot of uh, you know Sam Rules and you know most a lot of uh, a lot of artists that I came up with um, 
traveled in their early days you know they did their apprenticeship they stuck around for a couple of years and then traveled yeah i missed out on that because i did my apprenticeship stuck around for a couple of years and fucking opened a shop yeah so i was like it was like a ball and chain for fucking years you know well that's why i was like a friend of mine i was thinking about opening a shop and a friend of mine was like don't open a shop go traveling you'll be tired if you have a shop yeah so it's like quite different the way you've done it you know yeah it was um the opposite way of you know how it would usually be done um probably the opposite way of how i should have done it honestly but um that's the way it worked out it did work out yeah i'm lucky it worked out but um yeah so i didn't start traveling until um because i was running you know doing accounting and i was fucking answering phones and everything it wasn't until i um hired help basically like a shop manager yeah shop manager that was uh i didn't want to give up any of that control at first but it kind of got to a point here in ponsonby where we were just so busy um that the other guys were like man we need someone you know they, they put the pressure on me though like we need someone to uh to help out because it's you know we can't keep stopping what we're doing to talk to everyone you know so many people would walk in and walk out because no one would talk to them and so uh yeah i ended up getting a receptionist uh jamelia and she um she freed up (coughs) my time eventually you know it was hard for me to completely relinquish relinquish control of that stuff but after a short while i was like you know what I don't want to do any of the managerial stuff at all that's not why I got into this mm. I got into this to tattoo and um, and you know I noticed that once she started taking care of that stuff for me um, my work got better and I was able to get inspired again yeah um, and uh, and I was able to um, start exploring new avenues um, and it kind of started to give me a new lease of life really um, I started exploring uh, black work type stuff, um, dot work. Um, you know, uh, for, you know, I was, you know, fi- and then eventually fine line is what I settled on, um, and that's when I really, that's when I really got excited. Like I was tripped sort because of, we had people like, uh, you know, Gila Tattooer come through here. He stayed here for like three months, and he was a huge influence on me because he was he's so passionate about, about what he does, and he's so fucking good at what he does. And I was very inspired by him, and I was like, yeah, I want to do, like, bold line, you know, like, black work stuff, and I started messing around with that, but, you know, after a while, I, and it was really popular, too, and I was doing a lot of, God, I was busy doing that stuff, you know, especially the mandalas and the yeah. the um, dot shading and everything, it was like, was a little phase no one, where that yeah, was no huge. one, yeah, like, and no one was really doing it, and it was, uh, people loved it. I think that's why a lot of people <coughs> blow up, eh, hey? they're just doing kind of <coughs> the right style at the right time just oh, a little sure. bit ahead of the curve and it's yeah, like yeah. that's it it can kind of make you yeah oh totally man um and I was really busy doing it but it actually didn't come naturally to me doing that sort of stuff I've, I've always been into doing pictures yeah and not stamps. patterns <laughs> yeah not patterns and not I'm not trying to you know I appreciate it when people can do it but I've, I've never been the sort to try and you know if, you know go with the contours of the fucking body and like yeah. you know or, you know do you know like you know beautiful like uh flowing uh backgrounds and you know all that kind of stuff has never really been me i've always been into (coughs) fucking tough stickers you know just stamps Mm. traditional tattooing is kind of what you know grounded in yeah exactly so i ended up coming back towards pictures and uh that's how i 
weirdly just did this fucking 360 because as I said earlier you know I, when I first started in the, in the industry a lot of single needle stuff was very popular in Auckland pretty much everyone at Dermographics was tattooing with a single needle all the, my first tattoos were all done with single needles and uh, and I at the time hated that stuff and I ended up doing this 360 you know a de- after tattooing for a decade I kind of came back to it and I was like actually you know this stuff's actually got something in it started looking into it and started drawing with a ballpoint pen and you know got influenced by uh, you know Jack Rudy and uh, and um, you know that late 70s 80s kind of uh, you know uh, biker tattooing old Easy Rider magazines is where I was finding most of my reference yeah because uh, you know I'm into bikes and stuff so I yeah I'll say you're into that bike and, culture I'd like those Easy Rider like spread artworks you yeah, know, from I mean, the I had, magazines yeah I had and all that stuff and my bedroom was just covered in David Mann posters and you know you know work on work you know working on my bikes and I had all the old back issues I used to collect all the old back issues of uh, Easy Rider and stuff and I had them all but I didn't really uh, mix that passion with my tattooing at first yeah and then it just kind of all came together into one I was like fuck it I'm, you know I actually fucking love that biker tattooing stuff and you know I just sort of uh, started vibing out on it and changed my you know completely changed my uh, my style practically overnight I just deleted everything on my Instagram everything and just started again from scratch yeah and uh, it's good to like have that power it's like you can just change your portfolio in a yeah, shop and now you just know, like right? change your Instagram and so many artists like you look through the thing and it's like well there's only 30 pictures on here and you know you can curate it like how you want it you know Mm. and uh, be perceived how you want it's quite a powerful tool yeah and it um, honestly it felt I had the same feeling that I had when I first realised I wanted to tattoo when I got that Michael McCabe book back in the day I had the same amount I mean I was must have been 30 something at that point and I felt like I was 18 again finding out about tattooing for the first time and I, all the passion came back and I was like fuck I, I think I might be onto something here I think I can like have a long fucking career doing this style um, because it suits me and it's coming from the heart I wasn't yeah. I wasn't like copying someone else's style it was literally I felt passionate about it and it was you know coming from some place inside and it just made sense and uh, you know and other tattooers it, initially you know it was kind of hard because <coughs> it was a style that wasn't uh necessarily you know very popular it was a little difficult at first but I was getting a lot of uh, positive feedback from other tattooers that were like bro that shit's pretty cool where you're drawing you know that's that's some like that's another form of traditional tattooing you know that isn't really getting explored much Mm. and uh and it was this like that was encouraging just before you were traveling or like kind of nah that was after nah so that was after that was that was once I started traveling yeah yeah so I was traveling that was like just a year after I started going to New York basically one of your first trips you did like a massive road trip on a Harley right across yeah. so I was doing fine line by then yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. okay cool yeah. it's easier to kind of do that in countries with bigger populations too isn't it because yeah. you can well there's you a bigger pool of people yeah, yeah exactly you can appeal to more people well also the other thing is is that um, <coughs> you know the single needle style I was very I was completely not familiar with uh, with with uh, necessarily with like uh you know stuff like teen angels magazine and stuff right it wasn't until i was really i was more vibing out on this biker my own interpret interpretation of single needle like biker tattooing 
that I, you know, partly saw in Easy Rider magazine and stuff, and partly just kind of like made up in my head. And um, but once I started traveling in America, obviously there's a long tradition of uh, single needle tattooing there, and all my clients, I was really fucking busy with it, and my clients were like, yeah, this reminds me of, you know, the tattoo that my dad had, that my grandfather had, that my, you know, uncles had, or whatever. And so there's like a connection. Yeah, they'd yeah. be like, man, you know, I remember this one guy uh, that I was tattooing with, he was like, man, you must, uh, he's, you know, he was always like, you got that teen angel style. <laughs> I was like, yeah, thanks, man. What is, what do you mean? What is that? He's like, uh, you know, the teen angel style, and he wouldn't elaborate ask someone else and they're like they were like yeah you know the magazine and I was like no man I was like what is that and they're like oh that guy who said that he's got like all of them you should ask him so I asked him I was like hey can I see your Teen Angels magazines and he's like no that's all secret reference man I can't show it to nobody sort of thing right he's like that's only for special people to see so I googled it and there wasn't that much online you know I was like what is it what is everyone talking about this Teen Angels thing and then uh, on the, the last day of the guest spot with him he he came in and he made me a big photocopy stack. He was he handed it to me and he was like, I'm giving this to you with uh, confidence that you'll never show it to anybody ever. <laughs> I mean, never have to this day. And it was all this reference of uh, ballpoint pen, um, mostly uh, prison art yeah. from uh, spanning from like the 60s through to like the 80s. And it was exactly what I was, uh, in, what I was, you know, it was my exact aesthetic, and I'd yeah. never seen it before. So, who was the magazine aimed at? <coughs> when did it come out? Uh, youth, uh, Chicano youth, um, all across uh, America, most mostly on the West Coast. Right, and it was um, just kind of like art just and... artists, yeah, like young graffiti artists, young sort of gang members, and um, and then also uh, inmates as well. So, um, they would just distribute it through the prisons, and inmates were able to get their artwork out there and for the world to see. Obviously, way before the internet, it was just yeah. a, it was like a zine. So it was right. just like a, a way for people to get their artwork out there and their stories, you know, that have little articles on like the history of, uh, of uh, you know, car club, uh, car clubs in like East, East LA or like a history of like, uh, you know, uh, you know, like Chicano workers' rights movements and stuff like that. It was a little bit political and most, but mostly sort of art-based. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. That's kind of a, yeah, most people have never heard of that. No, I mean, we, obviously we never had it. I doubt it was ever really distributed outside of the Americas. Uh, we, I'd never heard of it in New Zealand, that's for sure. Crazy. Yeah. Obviously, like doing a style like that, you kind of influence other artists around you. You've had like lots of artists that kind of do sort like Sarah Helen, similar kind of thing. Yep. Patches doing stuff like that. So yep. it's cool that like, lots of internationals are into it now, and that, that's yeah. what I kind of gambled on. Honestly, I um, I had a feeling a strong because you know the thing is is because when I started um, tattooing when I was younger. I was into Western traditional, and it was really unpopular at the time. And there was just a you know a handful of people I knew on MySpace that were doing it in the states, and like not really anyone that many people here were into it, you know. But I watched it go thing. from that yeah, to oh, yeah. become like the biggest thing in, yeah. within a decade, where to the whole, my whole shop was doing it, and mm. you know everyone else was doing it, and everyone wanted it. So I kind of witnessed that happen from this thing that I was just fucking psyched on because of this one book I saw all the way through to uh, it becoming mainstream basically yeah. and I was like fuck I wonder if uh, I wonder if I can be on the cusp of this uh, fine line thing I sort of put all my eggs in one basket 
Um, and paid off. Yeah, it sort of seems to be paying off. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, if you work hard at doing something, do you know what I mean? It's not just like, oh, I'll just put my eggs in one basket and see what happens. You put the, the, the work into making it put, happen. Yeah, I, I believe you can put your eggs into any basket and follow anything. Um, it's really just about putting the, um, putting the work in and just over a long period of time. If you just keep doing the same thing and uh, but keep improving on it all the time, people are going to appreciate it. You know? Yeah. So where do you see the next kind of few years going? Obviously, you're traveling all over the place, like the States. We were just saying London, Barcelona, Berlin. Yeah. Um, kind of what do you get from working shops that over there that you kind of don't get from being in one place? Um, well, it keeps me, keeps me busy for one, you know, for one thing. I find the more that I travel, um, the more I'm able to always be fully booked. Is that because obviously you're not there full time, so people are like, oh, I need to get in. Yeah, well, if I'm only in a place for two weeks or a month, it's yeah. like everyone rushes in to, um, to uh, get tattooed. Um, I, I mean, on top of that, more importantly, I think uh, it's, um, you know, it's like vibing out on what other people are doing as well, you know learning from other people and watching what they're doing to some extent and then um and it both inside the tattoo shop but for me just outside of the tattoo shop too like what's going on with bars in a certain city or oh, yeah. what music are people listening to and you know what a what's the vibe on the street what's happening in the art scene um i think there's a huge amount of um inspiration that can be taken from visiting a city obviously so that's uh i think that's the main reason i travel so much as i just like to soak up the um, <clears throat> soak up the energy basically, and yeah. then use it, uh, you know, to create what I'm doing. What draws you to to shops like that? You makes you want to work there. Different things. Um, it might be um, <coughs> might be someone in particular that works there. Uh, might be the location of the shop is really important to me. So I, I like to be in a um, in a na- uh, you know in a neighborhood that I want to also be staying in and 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 drinking in and and eating in and and you know i want it to be in like an interesting part of the city so that's a big important thing to me um you know it could even just be uh you know uh it could be uh the cut that they offered me yeah (laughs) it could could be a lot of things yeah Yeah. I think a lot of artists like romanticize about traveling you know like oh there's one less thing I can travel and make money but like my experience the reality of it's quite hard you know yep. what I mean and it like you know it is super fun but after like two years was enough for me right living out of a suitcase and then it's kind of like uh, I need to settle down somewhere like mm. how, how do you kind of I don't know man I just I keep I go, I, go, I go through those same emotions every year where I think alright well this is my last year traveling. I'm, I'm going to settle now, and I've been saying I'm going to settle down in uh, LA for fucking years now. And you know, I'll be there for like three weeks, and then I get the itch, and I'm like, actually, I'm just going to pop up to Portland for a minute, or you know, go go out to New York for a second, or whatever. And before I know it, I'm just like traveling again, you know. Yeah. Mm. Where what is your favorite spots to work? Overall, New York, honestly, um, because. Um, like the creative energy in that city is just like nothing else that I've experienced anywhere. It's just fucking in the air. You know, you can just feel it mm. when you're there. Um, 
I get very, very, very inspired when I'm in New York. I always have a million new ideas, um, and it just gives me uh, gives me energy that I need, you know, to to uh, you know just the energy that I need to fucking you know live my life and yeah. do my job. Yeah, is Victor's based there, isn't he? He is. Yep, he's based at East River Tattoo in, in uh, Brooklyn. Yeah, well, he when he's been there a while, like five or six oh, years. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, something like that. Five six years. Yeah. Yeah. What was the draw for him to, to make the move over there? Um, probably the same thing, really. I mean, for a lot of people, New York's like the uh, you know cultural cap capital of you know tattooing and also just the arts in general. I think. Yeah. Hey? Like it has Film, been for a long music. time. Yep. Um, especially uh, yeah you know it's funny like film and music New, I think New York's changed a lot over the years and I, I feel like it's not I mean how much music's really coming out in New York these days you know but it was yeah. for a long time uh, New, I think it's such an expensive you know one thing that I'm noticing in all of these uh, cities that I go to from like Portland to you know fucking uh, especially San Francisco you know London a lot of places like you know the whole uh, uh you know the cost of living is really expensive in these yeah. places now and it's pushing um the up-and-comers out so it's like established artists are able to survive there and it's really tough for the new generation to come through mm. and it means that these new cities like nashville tennessee or um or you know i mean not that berlin's like new on that level at all but you know berlin's still very cheap mm. and uh and um well i was listening to i can't remember who it was it was a podcast I listened to a tattoo one and they saying they were saying like Berlin was like just a wasteland ten years ago. Nobody wanted to tattoo yeah, yeah. there. There was no nothing there. Yeah. Nothing because of the, the cost quick, of living yeah. was cheap. Yeah. It, it just blew up because people could get art spaces and yep. and and you know apartments to live in really cheaply. Yeah. So it um, means that uh, a lot of uh, you know, but I th- for me like New York is still like uh, everyone there is just hustling. You know, yeah. everyone's hustling and you can you get you get that. <laughs> that vibe off of everyone everyone works like three fucking jobs and and they're always just like you know no one's got a house that they want to hang out in because it's it, apartments are so tiny there yeah. for the most part so everyone's out on the street and at bars and at restaurants and you know no one's got a car everyone's walking on the street taking the subway and it's just like it means there's just a lot of human energy around all the time and uh, people that work in everything from tattooing to all kinds of you know different other creative industries are all drawn there mm. and so you've got all these people that are on a similar wavelength I guess yeah I think that's what I like about that city the most yeah it's a cool place yeah I need to go back I think I went maybe 10 years ago yeah but right. yeah like oh, it's, it's changed a lot in no, 10 years man. yeah even like London you it changes know, a lot in one year yeah I, I left London in 2010 and like every time I go back I'm like whoa this is whoa it just everything blows my mind like how yeah. everything's changed and like places that you know I know that used to be cool when you go and it's just like oh this is just like fucking weird hipster people yeah but not the cool ones no. you know what I mean like the ones that came after mm-hmm. you know it's the same everywhere man it's um influence every, every fucking city's got yeah the same story everyone's yeah. saying the same same stuff like everything's changed even Auckland you know I'm away for nine months I come back and it's Ponsonby's really different every time Ponsonby's changed dramatically just in the uh, what like <coughs> however long we've been here actually I guess we've been here 10 years now so that's quite I, a long time I would time say now. when Ponsby Central opened across the road yeah. that was the biggest change wasn't for it for sure yeah. and um, 
you know little cool trendy barbershops and cafes yep. and like burger places and yeah <coughs> fucking you know the thing is, is on that, that place are like 10 grand or something somebody told me yeah yeah <laughs> well just in two years Ponsonby suddenly become this uh this fucking drinking spot mm. for out of towners and people from else you know from all over tourists and everything so it's like we never we didn't have bars here i mean you know obviously there was the glue pot back in the day and stuff but this end of town never had bars and now there are bars everywhere yeah. and it's like and a restaurants. real nightlife well it's always had the restaurants well, I mean, since the 90s or to early 2000s but yeah it wasn't traditionally now it's got more of a viaduct vibe right. in that there's a lot of fucking young uh, you know young dudes in their you know their shirt button up shirts or whatever and their dress shoes trying to get into clubs yeah. kind of vibe um, and it's packed out on Friday and Saturday nights never used to be very and that just happened in two years Hmm. do you think that will like make you move at some point or do you think you could just hold nah, it I reckon I'll, nah I reckon our block is still really original eh? like our, our one block here in Ponsonby is the, the one that's um, you know we've still got like the locksmith the fish and chip shop the, the fruit shop the dairy the, oh, I think it's the only dairy left on, on Ponsonby Road really bookshop yeah like nice. who can afford it the yeah. rent you know but these guys own it own their building so that's I, I think they've been there since 1910 or some shit eh? like so they're not going anywhere and then uh, you know the one of the very first cafes in Ponsonby 121 and I think this is like the block you know where yeah I'm, I'm happy here it hasn't changed so much that um, it's bad for business at all it's no. great for business having all these extra people oh, but what I mean is that, <coughs> you know your, your landlord could be like right I'm going to oh yeah nah I don't know I hope not I don't think so yeah, you just got to... Well, that's out of your control, I guess. <laughs> I think he's... Honestly, the thing is, it's really hard to rent an upstairs space. Mm. So he's just happy we've been here for t- a decade. Yeah. Like, who? how, how often would that happen? Yeah. Know? Yeah, true. Because, I mean, like, you've got the doorway and a little bit of signage, but really, you know, what are you going to do up here that's going to work? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing except turn it into a flat and you wouldn't... You know, then you're, you're going to deal with a residential lease agreement instead of a commercial one. So it's, he's better off having us here. Yeah. touch wood <laughs> cool so yeah I mean you got a home here you travel but yeah, I mean you kind of got the best of both worlds haven't you because you come back and you've got a base and a home yep and your own space and then for all the benefits of travelling too yeah it's not it's yeah there's nothing to complain about that's for sure it's a good you know a good little setup. yeah who's at the shop at the moment let's talk about two hands alright so right now we have yeah right this very minute we have Horifuku we have um, Bobby Tech. Uh, we have um, in the front room. We've got Richard Warnock, um, Luna Fowl, and then over on the Flash City side, we have Patch Bay, Saint Julian, and uh, Josh Solomon. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty rounded team of artists you've got now. Like it is a really styles. good. Yeah, it is a bunch of different styles. Yeah, because as you said when you first came through, we were all. For the most part really sort of pushing traditional mm. uh, tattooing but yeah it's definitely a lot more diverse now than it was um, <coughs> yeah I feel like we've got most not all bases you know but we've got a lot of the important bases covered for yeah. sure the yeah. ones that work well I think like you know you go start going down like getting somebody that does realism or Tomoko and it's like they don't gel with a lot of artists it's almost like a different world of tattooing it is weirdly a different world um yeah it is both the, it's yeah that's very true both those uh, 
both realism and and uh, tamoko or Polynesian tattooing in general, and then you know, and then oh, there's heaps of different worlds now though. Eh? There's like you know our world, which you know it says more that you know traditional and maybe black work kind of world, and then but then there's all these uh, other you know guy. It's it's such a big industry these days. Eh? Yeah. It's like there's all different facets to it, you know. Yeah, and it is. It is. It has become an industry, you know. It's like yeah. so big and like so much money with supplies and like all these different companies trying to get little cuts and coming yeah, up with new inventions and crazy things <coughs> that are going to revolutionize everything that are not going to revolutionize, yeah, revolutionize yeah. anything at all. Nah. But um, when t- you know when Two Hands opened, there was really just a handful of other shops in in uh, Auckland Central. You know, it's probably like what two? I think there was two downtown. One on K Road, two in Ponsonby, you know, and then the next closest one would have been, you know, a new market in Dominion Road, and that was about it. Yeah. Mm. And then what was more than tripled now? Oh, God, way more than tripled. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I wouldn't have a clue how many there are. I'd say there must be like something like 25 in the same area now, yeah. at least, yeah. Is there any kind of newest shops that you kind of like, oh, they're doing all right work? Um, it's kind of up and coming. That you like uh, in New Zealand? Yeah. Um, fuck, I'm trying to think. Um, nah, I don't know. I've seen new shops around, and I haven't seen a lot. I don't know exactly who's tattooing here these days. Yeah. You know, because I'm not around as much as I was. Um, there's this one dude in Wellington um, whose work I've seen recently. And I can't remember his name, so I won't mention it actually. But um, yeah, I've been tattooing someone who's got uh, Tane. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing some fine line stuff. Yeah, Um, yeah, Tane. He does some really gnarly stuff too. Yeah, in a good way. Like you see shit pop pop up on his feed, and you're like, whoa! And you like (laughs) scroll back to check it out. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man, he's he's killing it. Yeah, I've been enjoying that dude's work. I just only just came across him just the other day because I've been tattooing someone that he also tattoos. Um, but uh, yeah man I don't know like um, what about the rest of the world yeah uh, so rest of the world I mean shit there's so many you know um, let's do top five let's keep it simple <laughs> okay let's think so I mean top five okay so there's this dude H Waro or H Waro I don't know what his real name is but on Instagram it's H W A R O I think I, th- I believe he's Korean and I think he might be guest spotting in Australia right now he's doing some very interesting work <coughs> um, and then uh, you know like um, Giorgio this Italian Giorgio Desuente I think his last name is that dude's doing extremely interesting work um, it keeps changing all the time but he keeps fucking like mastering every new style that he keeps trying this dude's like it'll be interesting to see where he ends up um you know it's even though I'm doing fine line these days I'm still most inspired by uh you know traditional artists everyone at Idle Hand you know Gary Royal Austin Maples um you know like uh you know Bryce O'Prandy at the Martlet um uh, Joshua Marks at Mark's Tattoo Smith Street Tattoo oh yeah um 
Oh, of course, yeah, because Burke came yeah, over Burke, for the... Yeah, for the well, Burke was extremely influential on me. He's... I, and, you know, when I think when I think back now, having Burt here was one of the biggest... I think the two people that had the two biggest impacts on me were Burt Crack and Scott Campbell. So Bert, when Burt Crack came out here, I, you know, I really got to sort of see, you know, the way that he specializes in the style that he's so passionate about this Brooklyn style yeah. you know traditional tattooing um, and how yeah just how focused he was on specializing that basically and that really inspired me to specialize in, in my own thing which ended up being Fine Line and then Scott Campbell was a huge influence on me in terms of um, in terms of uh um, his fine line work and his, he was doing a lot of like bikery he was vibing out on the biker fine line stuff especially in his in his um, fine art that he was making and that was uh, that was an early um, you know that was an early kind of like uh, you know road sign that led, sort of led me in that direction um, and I met him met Scott at this uh, you know he came out here for an art show years ago now um <clears throat> and also his kind of um i guess his like the way he sort of uh ran saved and the way he was kind of like um i guess like you know like a part of sort of like almost like the fashion scene and stuff in new york as well kind of uh and the type of that i don't know if he was doing advertising necessarily but just the 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 sort of the the aesthetic of the shop the image of the shop mm. sort of in, partly inspired me to to do what I was talking about before with yeah. you know two hands sort of you know the, the trying to get like trying to get the uh, the vibe of, of the shop out there the image creating an actual brand basically yeah. rather than just having a tattoo shop yeah yeah so you think this style's it now or you just nah that's it man I'm 41 now, bro. I'm not changing again. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm just going to stick with it. I'm actually, um, I'm experimenting a little bit. My new flash, um, includes two colors, red and blue. So I'm adding red and blue this year. Is that cause you can get bi rays in those? Yeah. <laughs> it is actually. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, what fucking colors should I use? And I was like, well, bi rays only come in red and blue. You can get greens too, but fuck, it's hard to find them now. Eh? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find good bi rays in general. But... When I was at school, it was red, red and blue. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. No, I need to get one of those. Do you remember those multi-click biros? Uh, I've actually got one of those. Yeah, I got it free somewhere. It's got it's on a little keyring and it's got four. It's got red, black, green, and blue. I think. Okay. All right. Yeah, I need to find one of those. Let's get some two hands ones made. Yeah, so should. retro. I should love it. We'll give them to all the artists for Christmas and yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Next Christmas. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, like you, st- you still do walk-ins, eh? Like when you're hearing that. Um, so I did my very first walk-ins uh, just after New Year's. And uh, first walk-ins for probably um, I would say about two years actually. Yeah. And uh, that was really fun. Um, I used a, you know, I used a, se- a seven round and a seven mag and uh, nine round and you know five round and all these needle groups that I haven't used in at least two years. Um, I used color for the first time in two years, and. Uh, yeah, it was nice to see. You know, I was a little because I, you know, I, I think about it from time to time. And I'm like, fuck, can I? How how's it going to feel going back to a Magnum after all this time? 
and uh, yeah, it was still there. It just came straight back to me. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was. I, I like doing walk-ins. I think it keeps you on your toes a little bit. Exactly, man. So it, it, that's why that's why I wanted. You know, I needed a little challenge. We were just, you know, it was like after New Year's and the, sh- the shop was closed and my apprentice was tattooing, so I was up here anyway. And then uh, the phone just started ringing off the hook and no one was here. Yeah. So I started answering it. Oh, what do you want? Just a little Playboy bunny? All right, fuck it, come in. What do you want? A tanuki? I'm like, Jesus, tanuki. I don't think I've ever done one of those before. But all right, come on in. Uh, script, yep. You know, made good money too, man. Yeah. Good money with walking. Yeah, with little ones, man. Like, it's a bit like, you know, spend all day doing $1,000 on a tattoo. It's like, now I can do like 10 walk-ins and make way more than that. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what Aaron does well down at our shop. Aaron's the fucking man. He's just yeah, uh, there to make some money to move yep. back to Tauranga, but it's summer and it's busy and yep. like there's little periods over Christmas and New Year oh, again. I, I missed him. Everyone's uh, shot, shot hey, for Christmas yeah. and our shop was open, so like that was it. Exactly. No, I missed him this Christmas actually because uh, Aaron's the kind of artist that will, uh, you know, he's like, fuck holidays, I'm going to come in when no one else is here and fucking make a shit ton of money, you yeah. know, because at that time of year between... Christmas and New Year and that period afterwards it's fucking busy man everyone's on holiday mm. and you know what are they how many times can you go to the beach at some point yeah like, like the southern hemisphere is very or do something else you know people run out of things to do yeah everyone that was coming in though like yeah we, you know we're on holiday it's our last week thought might as well get a tattoo before yeah. going back to work <coughs> yeah, it's a really busy time the Christmas period in the southern hemisphere is very different because lots of companies kind of like force their staff to have time off like, yeah. like two or three weeks off no, you so, have to. yeah, yeah so then it's um, it's crazy everyone's just like oh okay like they're, they're getting bored to do, eh? <laughs> yeah getting tattoos out of boredom a pure boredom at that point yeah cool man oh, I think we'll wrap it up there All right, we've covered a, a good chunk of anything unless yep. there's anything else you want to add yeah I think uh, I think that's it add your Instagram and your uh, at spider sinclair and, um, and uh, at Two Hands Tattoo awesome well, yeah. thanks for chatting to me this evening yeah dude yeah good to see you bro yeah, you too it's been a, it's been a while it's, it's been, been a while <laughs> cheers this week's episode of Tall Tales and Tattooing was brought to you by Tattoo Tonic 100% natural and vegan tattoo aftercare salve formulated and made by tattoo artists visit the website at tattootonic.co.nz